Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mm. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Hey, do you have an idea for a podcast but don't know where to start? Or do you have an already existing podcast that you want to take to the next level? Well, check out weknowpodcasting.com. From concept development to theme music to editing to logos, weknowpodcasting.com is a one-stop shop for all things pod. Don't hesitate to hit us up. We're very nice. Welcome to another episode of the Horror Movie Night Podcast. This week, we're talking about a movie that I picked that, depending on what you saw, if you went to the theaters, I believe it was called Meet the Applegates. If you picked up the VHS tape afterwards, it was just called The Applegates. So we're going to go with Meet the Applegates because it's but more Matt, absurd But Matt, what was it called if we all watched it on YouTube? <laughs> it was called Meet the Applegates. This was legitimately the quietest video YouTube has in the 10 yeah. million videos on YouTube. I I actually had to crank the volume and turn on the subtitles. Oh, the subtitles were a lot of fun. They those were, were, those, they those were auto-generated wild. subtitles yeah. were out of control. I mean, I'm just impressed with robots being able to catch a lot of that. So I watched <laughs> this on the uh, VHS PS copy that I had purchased of course, uh, oh, many, many years ago. I had wanted to see this movie since like 1996 Mm -hmm. and I've talked about this before on the show but this probably will be the last time I share this story but when MTV was promoting Joe's apartment they did a weird 30 minute like special that Mm -hmm. was the cockroaches of Joe's apartment doing a countdown of the greatest bug appearances in cinema history holy shit and they covered meet the apple gates and I was like what the fuck is that (laughs) so like that was burned into my brain from that point but this movie was fucking hard to find because it was made in like 1988 1989 and then New World was like kind of on the out so this sat on a shelf for a couple years I definitely want to before we dive in I want to talk about Michael Lehman. I believe that's how it's pronounced, or mm-hmm. Lehman, mm-hmm. the man who who wrote and directed this movie, because his career 
Oh, is man. is fucking wild. So this was his follow up to his directorial debut, a little film called Heather's. What? Wow. Yeah. And there's a lot of Heather's energy in this. Big um, Heather's energy. But yeah. then this movie gets released the exact same year as another one of his movies, Hudson Hawk. So oh, he did. that is such a one-two punch for. Oh no wonder, dude. Just wait. Just wait for it, Scott. Then then he follows it up with Airheads. Just like moving up the ranks of like movies I love. No, so here's the thing. Hudson Hawk was so panned so bad by critics. Like I've yeah. never watched it. I mean I, I, I would watch oh, it. Oh yeah, no. It's a it's a big step. He's not doing so great, right? <laughs> Airheads, I don't know. I don't know if Airheads was a hit or no, not. I, it's a hit for me. I fucking love that yeah. movie. Yeah. I mean, I love yeah. that movie, but he follows it up with the truth about cats and dogs, which <sighs> I vaguely remember as like a Janine Garofalo rom com. Mm-hmm. Then his career gets real weird. Uh, he does My Giant with Billy Crystal. He follows that with... He directs a couple episodes of The West Wing before he does 40 Days and 40 Nights with oh, Josh Hartman. Oh, yeah. Oh, my and then, God. then out of fucking nowhere, seven years go by, he's just doing TV, and then he's like, I think it's time for me to do another movie. And he does Because I Said So... The rom-com starring Diane Keaton and Mandy Moore. And then it's pretty much been television ever since. Like, So he should have just stayed with television. Yeah, his, yeah. his career has been so all over the place. And it's like, at worst, he made movies that people hated. <laughs> at best, he made films that bombed at the box office and then found its audience on home video. Yeah. Did Heather's bomb? Heather's is probably his... Heather's or Airheads, I think, are probably his two most successful movies. And both of them, I think, would ultimately fall into like the modest hit category. Yeah. like okay. I think that they're both two... I'm going to double check, but I feel like they're probably one of those movies where you look at like how much did this cost and how much did it make? And it was like... It technically made money, but like not by that much. Like I don't yeah. think it was like a runaway. You know, when you look at some of those films where it's like this movie was made for five thousand dollars and it brought in ten million dollars in its box office run. Nope, Heather's was a bomb. Budget was three million. It made one million uh, wow. in the box office. Wow. wow, that's so much worse than I was expecting. That was not. Yeah, you thought that was bad. Airheads cost eleven million to make and brought in five million. But here's the uh. thing: is if we're talking about orders of magnitude or multiplication yeah. you know airheads only cost twice as much roughly that yeah uh, than what it made this whereas heather's was three times mm-hmm. as much yeah. as it made mm-hmm. but i understand yeah. also it's a lot of money yeah i mean either way it was like just never but i think that most of his movies especially i think i don't think he wrote all of his films but i know he wrote heather's i know he wrote this and i'm pretty sure he at least co-wrote airheads Mm -hmm. and what i like about this movie is something that i similarly like about both airheads and heathers which is that it it is clear that he has some real problems with american suburbia and he's gonna fucking vent about it (laughs) dude very clearly very clearly and it just spire like i mean out the gate the premise for this which i know you'll get into is bonkers but like this the spirals that happen after you just accept like what's happening you really have to just sit and let this movie wash over you. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I, I think that from the first scene, you kind of know where it's going to go, but the way they get there is yeah. just yeah. so odd. Yeah. It's and really odd. 
there are weirdly smart things scattered amongst this movie. Like it is a goofy, dumb movie, but there's mm-hmm. there's little things. So it's the movie's about a group of giant praying mantises, and it says that these bugs are really bad, really big, and they've got attitude in the opening credit scroll. Yeah, <laughs> setting up Which this is movie like a really. It's not a really good way to set it up that they are dressed like fifties. A 50s <laughs> nuclear family. Oh, no, they don't answer certain <laughs> aspects of their characters. Yeah. But, and it's yeah. not attitude is not what I thought any of but, that was. But what I love in this. So, so yes, there's, there's a group of, uh, I guess you'd call them missionaries that are there to basically distract the, some local tribes in Brazil while the forest is being destroyed and try to quote unquote, Make them American or or whatever. But hey, I, I gotta give them props. The quote unquote natives were far less offensive in this than they were in Pterodactyl Woman from Beverly Hills. Yes, one hundred percent. I just realized what the fuck you said. <laughs> Very similar movie. Good double feature with this one in let's a weird not, way. Let's not but, call that a good double feature. The bugs come out of out of the forest and just start attacking everybody. And as the missionaries run away, they drop this book that's basically like, this is what an American family looks like. And it's these like drawings of Dick and Sally and Johnny. And so they're like, oh, we're going to take those names. Like those are going to be our names. These are going to be our personas. What I think is brilliant is that there is a scene later on in the movie where the character of Dick, who's being played by Ed Bagley Jr., is having an affair with his secretary and it cuts to a shot of the photos behind his desk and it's literally just the pictures from the book framed <laughs> behind yeah, him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's like, in the bedroom at home too because I think yeah, they have like, on the wall on the wall book ending the mirror. There are. There's weird details that are so smart. This is definitely a movie that Kid Kyle would have rented if, if he had known that it was a thing. And basically their, their plan, again, like this movie really has it out for for society as a whole yeah. in the nuclear family and really literally stress on the word nuclear yeah, yes nice. <laughs> so Good. the yeah. plan is that the bugs are fed up with how we treat nature and that they're like look we can survive a nuclear holocaust y'all can't so they're going to get a job at a nuclear power plant and cause the nuclear holocaust to happen so the bugs can be safe. You know what I love? I love the fact that we are 10 minutes into this recording and we have all said nuclear correctly. Let's keep yes. that ball rolling. So then they keep breaking their guys. And yeah. every time that they do, they cocoon the people who've witnessed them. And it becomes one of the funniest reoccurring bits where it's just like the slightest thing happens and then it's just immediate jump cut to a new, a new cocoon being added somewhere in the house. But none of them know that the other ones are cocooning yeah. people. So it's like this crazy situation where you've got four different people kind of killing, but not killing. No, no they're not killing anybody. Those people yeah, all no. live. Yeah, they're trying to cover up their own mistakes as <laughs> bugs yeah, attempting to be human. <laughs> the first guy that got cocooned, Sally's... Uh, Vance. Vance should yeah, have been killed. Yeah, he, he's, he's a teen rapist. Yeah. And I was expecting that he was getting murdered when I was watching this, because this was my first watch. I was like, that's what you get, you fucking teen rapist. But then I was mm-hmm. like, oh... I guess he's just in suspended animation. But I do like the transformations. I love like her eyeballs exploding out of her face and like Yeah, I like, it looks painful and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> but I got to say that I think that my favorite line is, or not necessarily a line, but my favorite little 
interaction is, uh, there, there are two of them and they, they happen pretty much very close to each other, maybe within 15 minutes. Um, and John, it's where the dad is, is quizzing. They're doing drills of, of, of their personal information so that if people ask them questions, they will quote unquote fit in. And they're like basically just speaking three times as fast as normal humans. And Johnny goes, Johnny, hobbies, gold, science, basketball, or baseball. And uh, and the dad goes, heavy metal. And he's like, oh, yeah, heavy metal. I love that even though this movie is so very lightly, even tangentially related to horror. I mean, it's giant bugs, I guess. But <laughs> yeah. it's not really a horror movie because no one dies. That heavy metal, little that little gold vein yeah. just has to stick out right there it's it's great and then johnny transforms in front of the the metal heads who yeah. look more like new new waivers which is really funny yeah. to me did you recognize johnny the actor who played johnny because when i looked at his He's imdb credits it by the way He's it, it so good. blew my mind how many movies i recognized about his with face him but i didn't look at his imdb so he was in Three movies that we have absolutely watched on this show in <laughs> oh, some way, shape, or form. All right. So first, he played Melvin in Tremors, the like yeah, douchey right. kid yep. in Tremors. Then he played Perry in Night of the Demons Part Two. <laughs> this is the biggest one, Scott. His credit is just Homeboy Number Two, but what that actually means is he's one of Kenny's friends in Can't Hardly Wait. Yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> Amazing. I've, I'm pretty sure he's the one that says, like, oh, yo, I don't see I don't any see hoes no around hose, here. Ho- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. This cast, honestly. Stalker Channing. Channing, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Her in here. We've got fucking Ofo straight off of Beetlejuice. Uh, like, she just does a Rizzo impression <laughs> at some point where she's wearing a blonde wig in a bed. She looks exactly like Rizzo. Uh, pretending to be Sandy in yeah. Greece. It's like, yeah. it's like, it's, yeah. It's when perfect. she's unboxing her Cuisinart, art, I was just like, this is <laughs> oh just, mwah. I've got to give Channing, a shout so out good. though, to the person who I think is given 110% in this movie when they absolutely didn't need to. But Dabney Coleman as aunt B nonstop military talk. Like yeah. this is a movie that that dude could have just straight up been like, all right, I'm in a dress, whatever. And he like is so like, I love the idea that it's like they only had this book to determine what they look like. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so like they can do everything else so yeah. well, but, like they cannot decipher that they need to not look like that. <laughs> yeah. like, oh. And I love that Aunt B has this one line on the phone with the dad and he goes, if you screw up, I will personally suck the juice from your exocranium. Comprende? <laughs> Little, th- this movie, the pacing really sucks. Like, it yes. really, yeah. it was a long movie. It wasn't really a long movie, but it felt like a long movie. Yeah. But there were just great lines sprinkled through it. And I don't, so it's, it's, it's kind of a head scratcher for me because how does that happen where a movie has such bad pacing, but so many fun lines yeah it seems like the script and the story are all there but then just like not translated to the film itself well like it's just not editing is the problem yeah and it it easily could be they probably i don't i don't know because i totally agree with you it's there's there's moments where and i was watching this so i was watching this in a 
hotel room in Waco, Texas uh, at like midnight, <laughs> completely alone because Carly was visiting a friend and my son was asleep in the crib that we got from the hotel. <laughs> and I'm just sitting on this bed. It's come so quiet. The movie was so quiet and that yeah. played into me you, trying you're, to like... You're like just an inch away like i forgot the headphones so yeah, i'm just like oh, yeah so i'm holding it up and trying to like catch what's going on <laughs> on the laptop and yeah there was moments where i just put it down and just was just like okay i'm done until something happens i guess yeah. like until something else happens until another person's cocooned or until um the secretary has sex with ed beagley jr wearing her shoulder pads and her bra <laughs> which was probably my favorite bit in the whole thing so i'm sorry i because oh the beer who let the boomers out uh, oh from, that from might Fat be Orange the Cat. best com- companion to a discussion that we've had so far mm-hmm. so i think that this movie even does it does jokes that you absolutely like have seen done before and after mm-hmm. it but i i like the way that they do the joke in this particular movie type situation and what's jumping to my mind is specifically otho who's plays an exterminator and he's showing off his like silent bug disarmer where he's like we won't hear a thing but if god forbid any bug in this area they're gonna feel it and it's like he's having a normal conversation you hear nothing and then it just cuts to the two of them and they're just staring straight ahead trying to look normal while you're just hearing like in the background (laughs) it's it's such a good gag it's such a good gag it's so funny because then it cuts immediately to the car where they're all just like sort of like well um homegirls disheveled the daughter yeah over completely overstimulated complete shock but they're like this is what we need to do now i guess this is like we just work in this which totally sets up the whole movie like it totally sets up them just not being able to keep their composure at all yeah they're not prepared for anything that they're planning to do (laughs) and then like even on like a smaller level like johnny's walking home because his sister ditched him and a car drives by and instead of like one or two cans like a full 30 like rack of empty cans gets thrown at him like it's not even like gags about like suburbia anymore it's just like the physical gag is so over the top for no reason but then johnny doesn't know any better like johnny doesn't know that that's completely (laughs) far-fetched i like how that's the most far-fetched part of the movie for you not the giant bugs that can shape we already bought into the the giant bug we were told in the beginning that they were big and had attitudes so like we the the shoulder pads is the big one for me i'm still (laughs) completely hung up on that or that he got drugs from akron ohio stop Also, Sally, when she's getting interviewed after she's knocked up, but she is like, oh, he got some beer from Akron. I'm like, first of all, I I, I did a little bit of research to try and find out what town this is supposed to be in. In Ohio, it doesn't say. But I'm assuming I'm going to give a shout out to Cuyahoga Falls, which is the joke is it's called (laughs) Caucasian Falls um, because it's literally the whitest place Mm -hmm. uh, in the the neighborhoods outside of downtown Akron. Are there any dry, dry towns or dry neighborhoods in that area? I mean, or was now. it just like no? Yeah, I mean, it's not like not Utah. This isn't SLC Punk. <laughs> well, uh, dude, the, the state of New York has a bunch too. I just figured they're you know they're close in proximity, and Ohio's fucked up. So I don't know. I mean, Ohio. I would much rather live in upstate New York um, because you can get to more cool shit. You can get to Sleepy Hollow. Oh, here's the connection. Kevin Yeager did the FX here, and he did all the effects on Sleepy Hollow. Are you Boom. are you fucking me? Yeah, no, he's yeah. He did all the effects on Meet the Apple Games. Wow incredible yeah that's why those mantises look so fucking good yeah and that's why well that's why when you were talking about the rape 
scene, the, the insect rape scene, as weird and dark as it is, like there's some amazing effects that happen there, the eyes bulging out and just like this whole thing. But yeah, he did all the effects on this. Speaking of all that, that reminds me, we were talking about the budgets of all of his other movies. Strap in, because <laughs> Meet the Applegates cost $5 million to make. I, I want to hear yeah. some predictions on how much this bad boy made. I saw it, so I'm not going to predict okay. Scott's all you. 50000 Okay. Okay, it's a little bit better than that. Four hundred eighty-five thousand dollars out of its five million dollar budget. Uh, okay. Um. So math. I. I'm not a mathematician. Just you know, I was aiming for five hundred thousand, uh, not fifty thousand. So I missed the one zero there. So I actually would have been real close if I if I had been paying better attention. But but I feel like at That's the rough. same time, I you know well, what? So it, it was a movie that was shelved for two years. I was gonna say gets, I don't yeah. think. I don't think anyone's blaming him at that point. If it's like this movie's been held up because the the company that made it is physically falling apart and then they just like kind of toss it out at the zero hour. It premiered in the Philippines, <laughs> like then in France, then in Australia, and then it made it to the United it States. Almost the year after, you know, you know no coasts. Just the Midwest. <laughs> well, I saw it was filmed. In, I saw it was filmed in Wisconsin too, which just makes a lot of why sense. Why the fuck didn't it? Why didn't they make the jokes about Wisconsin then? It's way more. Yeah, why did they? Yeah, dude, absolutely. They easily should have. And then awful. That's like that's Wisconsin <laughs> as a state. Yo, you ever been to Madison's Mustard Museum? Highly recommend. No, uh, I've been to Madison, but I've never been to the Mustard Museum, and I love yeah. mustard. I'm gonna send so. you a picture of my mustard uh, poster from the Mustard Museum. It's <laughs> it's hanging in our guest room right now. You can see it from here. Just taking a quick look. This was definitely the tail end of New World. <laughs> uh, they released. <laughs> they were. They released. They went from releasing what looked like, because uh, it's Roger Corman, it looked like about 20 films a year to five films to end their their run in 1991. And it was The Killer Tomatoes, Eat France, Warlock, Meet the Applegates, Die Watching, and 1991's Punisher movie starring Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> so it was a... You know, when Warlock, Warlock. is the highlight of your year, because Warlock is one of those movies yeah. that I always have wanted to love, but it's painful i mean we're going to discuss one of the two i don't know when but and i don't know which but uh, you know it's just probably the the sequel actually because warlock is a very dry very sad dis- disappointment of a film warlock is a movie that i confuse for wishmaster on more than one occasion all the time yeah <laughs> all the time i'm pretty sure like all i can see is the wishmaster like poster with warlock in in my like i don't know what it looks like or willow uh, but yeah. that's just a W All three issue of those for are, me. Are on Matt's DVD shelves, like right side by side by side, because you know that shit's alphabetical. <laughs> no, uh-huh. well, so the joke, my favorite joke, and I've made it a million times, but it's still true, is that I love that I alphabetize my DVDs because now Carnosaur Three Prime Species is right next to Casablanca, where it belongs. <laughs> right where it belongs, baby. <laughs> right where it belongs. You know, I used to have a high level of respect for Kyle's understanding of cinema, and now it has just gone stratosphere. Like, <laughs> amazing. The only other scene that I had written down that I really wanted to bring up, and again, it's it's coming back to, to fucking Otho, man. His character as this insane, takes way too much pride in his work exterminator, hits like it's fever pitch when he finds what used to be their dog, now in a bug form, and then later on it cuts to him inside the house and he's mounted the bug yes. on the wall like a deer head. Yes. <laughs> 
Like, that's when he starts to grow suspicious of them. But it's still not that he thinks that they're bugs, because why would he think that? It's just that this family must have snuck these bugs in from Baltimore. Right, right. They're still completely human. They're not weird. Could have had a great hairspray reference there, and they didn't do it. To to be fair, they were filming this movie before hairspray came out. It just took them three years to put it out. (laughs) Man, chronology is not my... Chronology and math are just really failing me today. New New World Pictures isn't helping you out either. <laughs> by doing this, by completely he has, failing, he has that great line where Ed Bagley Jr. is yelling out the window for help, and he goes, "It's Sunday, Dick. We dedicate our day to the Lord." Today. <laughs> Which is just such a John Waters phrase, like right there. That's yeah. straight. Yeah. This is the. This is a very like. If you had told me that this was like low key written by John Waters, I'd be like, that checks out. That, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just thinking about the pacing again because you're so right. Like we're talking about so many one-liners and gags and things that are so funny, but I don't know if it's just because like the I don't know if there's too many of them and that like they're ranked like and I don't mean they're all like hits. They're just like but that's like the structure of the of the script is that like it's it's either like minor reference or pun or like major joke and maybe it's just like those minor ones are filler and I don't I don't know cuz it's like I, I laughed a lot more than I expected to watching this, but I was still bored at, uh, at multiple points. Most of the time, yeah. It's yeah. such a weird, weird movie. But I recommended it to like two people already. Okay, <laughs> this well, like, you know. Kyle will recommend it to anybody because I Kyle will. I love, I love Kyle. everything. I love trash. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a praying mantis from Brazil. Uh, <laughs> I, I will get the food from the dumpster like Stocker Chan. That was such a gr- Their dinner was, scene was hilarious. Just... So choice. Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the Fem Fam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. So Matt, double feature, yes. buddy. I'm going to I'm gonna use a pass only because I'm torn between two movies and I want to see if either one of you takes it first. It's a mistake, so. buddy. Naked lunch. Oh, um, oh. Bug I think oh. type writer, yeah. Uh, it's really only because of the bugs. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's not even. It's not even really what I feel like my double feature would be. But uh, I didn't. It, I'm sort of going on spur of the moment and just feeling feeling what I feel. And, and naked lunch will really fuck your day up. Yeah, I watched that when I was in high school, and mm-hmm. high school Scott. I don't even know if I did too. And it was Scott was yeah. would be ready for that. I was a wreck. Mm-hmm. It was mm-hmm. very disturbing. It was very disturbing. I don't know. I I really don't. I don't. I. That's not even really my 
double feature, but I'm not, I don't have. Well, uh, we can all do a second round one. if you want. No, 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 no. I, I think I'm no rules. Nah, no. I think I, I've made my bed. Uh, naked lunch. Yeah. Well, I was gonna go with Fly Two, but then in our discussion, I'm just gonna go with Serial Mom because it's just yeah. it's it's a much better double feature. It would be painful for me to watch. I would much rather be watching Fly 2, even though Fly 2 is a terrible film, but it's got a lot of cool special effects. So mm-hmm. um, I, I'm going to take one for the team, and I'm going to go Serial Mom. So it's torn between Serial Mom or Parents, and I'm going to go with Parents. Just another, like, 50s I, yeah. perfect family, but maybe not so perfect you underneath know, y- the you surface. You really shouldn't have gone with that, because that's a worse movie than Serial Mom by a long shot. Yeah. You should have just gone with Blast yeah. from the Past if you're going with, you know... <laughs> oh, Blast from the Past. I had a weird like oh so Joe's apartment would probably have been my other one but I did I'm more interested in the in the countdown that Matt <laughs> talked about at the top that's of this right. I wish Double I could find that I wish I could so. find that shit because I know that that last time I spoke I spoke about that countdown was because that was how I saw the the cockroach kill from Nightmare on Elm Ooh. Street Part Four was in yes. that countdown. Oh so my like best, god! Best yeah. Freddy kill of all time. Yeah. What an amazing compilation. So, so now we can jump into the next segment i can't remember what it is scott remind me what am i supposed to talk about next we're supposed to talk about what we watched so what did you watch this week so i've got a couple things that i want to mention but i'll I'll keep them i got a a movie a tv show and a podcast uh i'll start with the podcast Uh, i was recently the guest on a podcast called the center cut where they uh they had me send them a list of movies that i love that I think they may not have seen that would be a good discussion for them, right? So I sent them a list of like, it was mostly like horror movie night greatest hits in there. But then I was like, I was like, here's a list of movies that I'm pretty confident you've seen, but on the off chance that you haven't, there'll be great discussions. And I sent them like a couple more movies. And shockingly, neither of them had ever seen Pee Wee's Big Adventure. What? So so the way that this show works is that they watch the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of the movie. <laughs> and then I quiz them on things that happened in the middle of the movie to see who can properly guess through the context that clues what the middle of the movie is. Yeah. So Whoa. it was so it was really fun. That sounds like a blast. Go check it out. I loved it. I was like, this is awesome. These guys are great. So that's my quick plug for them. Go check out the Center Cut podcast. Real quick, because I'm not done watching the show, but I, I'm... I'm I like it enough that I'll sign off on it. Have either of you watched uh, the BBC show Ghosts that's on HBO Max? Nope. No. So it's about this married couple who inherit an old Victorian house. The new show? It's from like three years ago. There's an American version of it now as well. But this is I've only watched the BBC version so far. Uh, They move into the house and the house is infested with ghosts of pretty much anybody who's ever died on that land's property over the like 3,000 plus years that it's been in existence. Are they in period costumes? So there's period costumes. There's people who died in the 80s. There's a couple cavemen. There's a couple people that died from the plague. Like I'm watching that. The husband and wife are planning to turn the house into a hotel, and the ghosts are like, well, we can't have that. So they try to murder the wife, and all they do is in a classic Frighteners situation, they give her a near-death experience so she's able to see and communicate with the ghosts. Oh, there's like a current one that's on like TBS? That's yes. like a comedy? T- yeah, it's a comedy. It's it's goofy. It's fun. I had a good time is with it. Is one it's- that you're watching a comedy? Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. All right. Yes. It's, it's a stressful comedy at times, but other times it's a very entertaining, funny comedy. Yeah. And then 
movie that I watched recently, just because I'm finally like trying to take some time to watch things that aren't for podcasts. I checked out Tick, Tick, Boom on Netflix, and holy shit, that is fucking amazing. I've been humming the songs all day. It's a musical adaptation of an off-Broadway musical. It's Lin-Manuel Miranda's directing debut, and it's starring Andrew Garfield, and it's about the guy... It's about the guy who wrote Rent mm-hmm. because he died before Rent ever hit the stage. Uh, okay. he, he had written a musical before that called Tick, Tick, Boom that was like a semi-autobiographical story of like a dude in New York in the 90s at the peak of like the AIDS epidemic. It's funny at times. It's heartbreaking at times. But the music, it's like if you're a fan of Ben Folds, that's mm. the only thing person I could compare the music to. It's very like yeah. piano-driven rock music that's so fun and snarky so andrew garfield's in there vanessa hutchins is in there uh mj rodriguez is in there it's it's got a really good cast and it was one of those ones where i was like i'm gonna just put this on in the background while i do stuff and then within like 20 minutes i was like put the laptop away put the phone in the <laughs> yeah. corner and just kind of sit there and be like i'm fully immersed i'm enjoying this yeah. so if you like musicals tick tick boom huge I, I, it's got a lot of oscar buzz so I think it'll start to get even more of a bump whenever those nominees come out. If it if it gets nominated for some stuff, then it's like people are like, "Oh, that's on Netflix. I'll watch it." Oh yeah, that's mm-hmm. how it goes. Watch it before the people who don't care for movies like that, but for whatever reason care what gets nominated for an Oscar, start giving you your hot takes about how it's garbage. (laughs) (laughs) There's a there's a very specific window in which you need to watch this. And it's closing fast. This was called Tick Tick Boom. I expected something to fucking explode somewhere in this movie. (laughs) Y'all ever see Time Cop? Um, I've seen the cover. Yeah, we watched Time Cop recently. On Tubi? Likely. I actually don't remember. I enjoyed it. I have not seen a lot of Jean-Claude Van Damme films anyway. I've seen Kickboxer. No, Bloodsport, excuse me. It's Bloodsport. Oh my god. If the Podfather (laughs) hears you call it Kickboxer question mark? Yeah. No, it was uh, I had to think about that one for a second. Um so uh, Hey, I mean if you feel any better, I fell asleep to uh Universal Soldier Two last night. Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, dude, uh, uh, American Cyborg Steel Warrior is your next one uh, if you're going to watch is that things on in that vein. Netflix? Because, like... Nah, I watch it on VHS. I don't know where that... I don't know where you're going to find that. You're not talking about Cyborg from 1985, which we absolutely no, did for a Patreon. No, no, no. This okay, one's this literally called one. American Cyborg okay. Steel Warrior. <laughs> anyway, I, I, Time Cop was a lot... It's kind of a lot of fun. I mean, I watched it while also paying attention to my my son who woke up from a nap in the middle of it. And so there was some parts that I missed that make it's me feel action. like Who I... cares? Yeah. Well, but there's time involved. <laughs> it's, it's, a little, it's a little convoluted. We kept... It's we all kept looper, looking, all right? Yeah, my, my, my buddy Jeanette, Carly, and I all kept looking at each other. And then sometimes to my son Hunter, when he would be like fussing, we'd be like, oh, it's time cop. It's like it's time <laughs> cop. It's not hard to I comprehend, like, um, but it was. Like it was dumber, hard to comprehend. The dumber that those action movies are, the more excited I am to sit down and watch them, though, because it's like 
I've never seen Sudden Death, but I've heard it pitched as Die Hard at a hockey game. And I'm like, that is. Yeah, it's like, why would you say no to that? Yeah. Time cop? Like, you're <laughs> chasing people through time. There's like a politician involved. Like, briefly, he goes back to the 1920s, and this dude who was from the future is capitalizing on the Great Depression. Maybe I don't like. And like, people are like, uh, people in his office keep killing themselves by jumping out the window. And he's like, yeah, more money for me, I guess. And it's like Jean Claude Van Damme comes in with like what looks like one of those nerf guns that used it was not a nerf gun but it was a toy gun that used to shoot oh pop just like the little balls, balls out yeah yeah <laughs> right <laughs> for, that's for all the patreon viewers you can see <laughs> my action it's a fun watch it's not like it, it, it wasn't convoluted uh in a way that like i was describing but i did miss little chunks of it so i had to ca- kind of play quick catch up but that was fun and then i'm sure everybody watched the the harry potter um you know reunion that happened on no. HBO Max, should you have should you have HBO Max? Uh, you I have, have HBO it. Max, and I uh, did not watch it's it for you. Now it's I'm not a it, I'm not a Harry Potter guy. Yeah, well, it's it's. I know I that would... JK was her invitation was lost in the mail from the uh, <laughs> from everybody involved. Well, just a separate like a small thing. Any sure. footage of JK Rowling was from a studio tour in London video, <laughs> which made me laugh every time she came on screen with the little like blurb. It was like 2019, like studio tour London, and I'm like, this that's fucked up. <laughs> I mean, she's fucked up, but it's even more funny that like that's what they they were. Like, like, what's the most recent thing that we have of her of the studio <laughs> tour like that's ridiculous don't fucking include her like yeah, the don't way put that, her in there at all I, i'm sorry i'm gonna go off one minute tangent the way like the reason that they used that was because they like warner brothers was like yeah but you know t- five ten years down the road she might not be like as you know people might not be as upset so we have to use something that's like close mm. to like now and it's just like you guys are fucking playing like a political game of some real bullshit for a terrible person who said some terrible shit so like don't just don't yeah. include that it's it's foolish it's like clown shit anyway it's it's fun because like if you like but if you do like behind the scenes featurettes it does feel like a really major retrospective with some cool behind the scenes stuff there are moments where it talks about the psychology of like being a child actor and being as big as they were and like really like looking back upon that and how it affected those children who were basically almost in a fucking psychological experiment like growing up it's incredible that those three child actors all turned out fine yeah i mean a lot of people from that series were and it it is sort of this weird um you know everybody grew up together and they talk about that and there's there's really interesting aspects both within the filmmaking aspect of that whole series and then the um rise and the fame and the relationships and all that it's it's cool it does feel like you know you it feels like some of those like never sleep again or like more it's better than that but it does feel like it's in depth (laughs) you know it feels yeah so anyway that's what i watched so real quick i mentioned it in our patreon episode from for our our january patreon pick masters of the universe season two Super fun, really, really, really entertaining. I just, it's, it, it has no right to be as fun as it is. Um, but then I cannot believe that Matt didn't mention the new season of Queer Eye and how it made me it's... all like a fucking child. When did it's... the new season come out? New Year's uh, Day. New Eve. No new shit. Day, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. I gotta get into that. That second episode is a masterpiece. The, the prom oh. one? Didn't even finish it. No, that's not the second episode. Which one is that? The second episode is the the trans power lifter. Oh, oh, that like, one is fantastic. That yeah, the one's prom incredible. one I just did, we didn't even finish it. 
But it was the woman who had animal rescue and the guy who had the steam bake place. Oh my then, god, the steam bake one destroyed me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then the uh, the guy who uh, was uh, an advocate for homeless people. Those three yeah. were just they're the best queer eye that I've seen, and they made me very emotional. They are a perfect combination. Like it's like one of those things where it's like if one of them was to walk away from the show and they'd have to bring in a new person. I feel like we would all reject. We'd be like, no, That's no, how they dare are you? bound to do the show. <laughs> yeah. like, it's going to happen all... and it's going to suck. Yeah. So yeah. here's one thing that really frustrates me about them. It also frustrates me about Rhett and Link and Good Mythical Morning. They're so close to understanding animal welfare issues. They fucking get it. But then they forget. It's so frustrating to hear people talk about animal welfare and then ignore it. I, I don't want to dwell on it. What I did want to mention is a movie that I watched uh, today. I watched The Stylist from 2021 because of Kyle picking that as his uh, one of his favorites from last year. And I understand 100% why you loved it. It's a very pretty movie. It also made me feel very uncomfortable. The pacing and the interactions, every interaction is just very uncomfortable. And I understand that's the point. They telegraphed the ending in a really great way. I thought the, that, that it was a beautiful tableau at the end. I did not enjoy my watch and I will never watch it again. <laughs> I felt like Maniac did it better. I mean, I felt like I've seen the movie before. It's not that it's not good. I just think it worked better as a as a short. That's just my personal opinion, but I think that it is a really well made film. Yeah, well, I'm glad you watched it. That's uh, that's awesome. Like I hear you 100 percent on it too. I get that. <laughs> but also, <laughs> like when you watch it, it makes total sense why a filmmaker would be enamored with it because it's a yeah. really well made film. The first time I saw Maniac, it was like a, a shitty VHS, and I was like, I don't get it. I'm sorry, and I then, meant like Maniac 2012. That's oh, I, I was talking oh, oh, the oh. Elisha Wood you know, maniac. So. I actually turned that off. I'm surprised. I thought that you would have liked it because it's very much a filmmaker's I, movie in my I opinion. Think I think I would like – I've got to revisit it. I turned it off when I was in college, and I really don't think that I was giving it the the time and the breath that it – You know, I think I got to the sure. first kill, and I was like, I don't know why or what or how, but I do want to revisit it. That, that also just shocks me because I, I – don't see you. I, I feel like you and I are very kindred spirits in a weird <laughs> sense of like. Off. If, yeah. I was gonna say if I hit play on something, I will see it to its. It's time. very rare, but you know what? I was with a friend who. Ooh, like, that could was, do it. Was, and I think that's a factor. I think we're people yeah, pleasers too. Yeah, if you're uh, watching with someone who's very vocally not into a movie, you're just like, all right, I guess. Yeah, I'll and I <laughs> and I and I was. I was like, I was in my common room with you know a friend of mine, and I think both of us. He's a person who turn turn stuff off, and I am not. But I'm like, okay. I mean, we're in yeah. we're in the same place in the same vicinity. And I'd like to return to it, especially because the short that I just did has POV stuff that yeah. like is uh, that I had a lot of fun directing and doing and i would like to see a more full like with money (laughs) thing of that (laughs) so that was meet the apple gates some from some time between 1988 and 1991 when it was finally released we'll be back with even more horror goodness on horror movie night listening to the Geekscape Network.
Are you a fan of young adult novels? Have you ever wondered the stories behind the people who wrote your favorite young adult novels? Then join author Eric J. Brown and Alyssa Lube of Netflix's The Circle every other Tuesday on YAOK. Available on all podcasting apps. Woo! Hi, listeners. I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mm. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 